Praise the Lord. Welcome in to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. As always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day. And I thank you, God, for all your wonderful blessings and, and gifts that you have given us this day, dear God. Lord, I thank you for the things that you have taught us and you have told us this day, dear God. I thank you for... Lord, for, for being there for us and for taking the time, dear God, to teach us the things that we need to know as we go from day to day. And God, I praise you for, for keeping us safe, dear God, at work and being with us there and just blessing us, Lord, in, in each and every way. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just move through me now, Jesus, and just speak through me, dear God, the words that you would have uh, to be spoken, Lord, that we may understand your word better and understand you better. And God, I love you and I thank you for everything. For it's Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I was studying the past couple of days in uh, Numbers chapter 18, a couple of points in here that... Uh, I did not understand, and I'm still not real clear on one of them, but, you know, the, the thing about it is, is we, we get, uh, we don't read the Bible because we can't understand all of it. Uh, we don't read and study the Word because there's, there's passages in there that we, a lot of it that we just we just don't understand. It just don't make sense to us. But you know the thing about it is, is the Bible is one of those books that has to be uh, read uh, by Christians. It has to be read with uh, the help of God's understanding. It has to be read uh, not of our own understanding. Uh, because we, uh, as an individual, we cannot understand the Bible. Uh, when we take the time to pray and ask God to reveal his secrets of his word to us, he will do that, and he will tell us exactly what we need to know and when we need to know it. We're not going to understand everything in the Bible. We're not going to understand everything we read. But, you know, there, there may be a time and a place um, later on, some passage that you have read, it does not make sense to you. And then all of a sudden, something is said, something happens. Uh, you may be going through something and that scripture will come back to you and it will be, it will be crystal clear then it's meaning and exactly everything about it. And, you know, but the, the, uh, God's word said, study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing. We've got to take it a little here and a little there as the Lord gives us the understanding of it. Don't lean on your own understanding because you will not understand God's word. Myself, I prefer the King James Version. Yes, it's, it's a little bit harder to understand, but I don't know. This is the one that God has put his approval on for me. Uh, I, 
I don't, uh, the only other Bibles that I have is I have one New King James Version and I have one complete Jewish Bible. The rest, all the rest of my Bibles are, are King James Version of the Bible. But, you know, I've studied, I studied on this this morning and, and, uh, some passages in it. Uh, I, I've got questions, uh, no answers, but you know what? That's fine. Because it still doesn't, it still, it still doesn't take away from God's word in you. It just makes me want to search just a little bit harder and a little bit longer to try to figure out just exactly what it means. And, and, you know, that's good. That's good on our part. Because the more we study, then the, the more we're going to learn, whether we realize it or not. We may read a passage of scripture, like I said, and right now, and it, it totally don't make a bit of sense whatsoever. It might as well might as well been uh, written in Greek or or uh, Chinese, as far as that goes. We just don't understand it. But like I said, there's a good possibility later on down the road that passage of scripture that you read that didn't make any sense will come back to you, and it will make perfect sense. But we're going to. And you know, there's 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 the the Bible interpretation of what's going on in the scriptures, and sometimes they it uh, leaves out some parts, or uh, uh, what's a good word? I can't think of a good word, but we'll just say that it 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 don't tell you the whole picture. Let's put it that way: it don't tell you the whole picture, and, and it it leaves you wondering. Then it gets your mind to going. And then when your mind gets to going, you get to, you get to researching and you get to studying and you get to, uh, thinking about that one verse or three or four verses of scripture or maybe one whole chapter. And it comes, it may come to light and exactly what it means and it may not. But, you know, but, but, the Lord is always right there with us, and he gives us what we need when we need it is what is uh, what I'm trying to get at. Even though we read it right now and it don't make no sense, it may later on. If we ever need it, we will, we, it will be there in the back of our mind whether we realize it or not, and the Lord will bring it back to our remembrance. But in Numbers chapter 18, And the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary, and thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of your priesthood. Now, what he's telling them is, is you are responsible for the tabernacle. Uh, he said, thou and thy sons shall... Uh, and thy father's house, which is the Levites, shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. In other words, anything that happens in the sanctuary is going to, is going to be on you. Uh, if, say, somebody defiles it, uh, somebody comes in that's not supposed to be in there, that, that's on you. You're the one that's supposed to be uh, protecting and, and looking out for the sanctuary. Now then, we as children of God... We are in charge of our sanctuary, our bodies, uh, our, our souls and our minds and our hearts. We're, we're in charge of that. Anything that happens that is unlike God, that's on us. 
anything that happens in our life that God has directed us to do, that is our blessing. Anything that is that happens in our life that is unlike God, that is our iniquity. We will we will have to pay for that some way or another. And at some point in time, we're going to have to ask God to forgive us for that thing that we've done. And he's telling uh, Aaron, he said, and, and, you sh- and you and your son shall bear the iniquity of the priesthood. In other words, they Aaron is going to be a line. Uh, his line is going to be the priest. There's a there's from his uh, from Aaron himself is going to come all the priests that are to uh, work in uh, in the priest office uh, in the sanctuary, and they are the only ones. The priests are the only ones that can go in and actually touch the furniture that's in the tabernacle, the uh, brazen altar, the laver, uh, the golden candlestick, and uh, the table of shewbread, and uh, the uh, altar of incense, and the Ark of the Covenant. They're the only ones that can touch it. The Levites, the sons of Korath, are the ones that bear this, these uh, this furniture on their shoulders, they bear it, but they cannot actually touch the furniture itself. It is all covered up. The stabs are put in the uh, in everything that they they carry it with. So when they go in there, they they pick this up by the stabs. They put the stabs on their shoulders and they bury it that way. They cannot physically touch anything any of the the furniture that's in the tabernacle because in verse 3 it says um, and they shall keep thy charge and the charge of all the tabernacle only they shall come nigh the vessels of the sanctuary and the altar that they that neither they nor ye also die in other words they, they can get close to it but they can't touch it and nobody else uh, if you're not a a direct descendant of Levi, you cannot get close. You're not supposed to to be around the, the furniture that's in the tabernacle at all. If you're not a direct descendant of them, and God has not uh, told Aaron that it is all right for you to go in and to to be around this uh, the tabernacle and all the furniture in it. You can't be in there. There's another thing that Aaron and his sons are in charge of is whoever goes into the tabernacle to uh, start do do the ministering of the tabernacle, whatever that may be, and to bear the uh, articles of the tabernacle, and they cannot cover them up. They cannot do anything. All they're going to do is transport it. Aaron and his sons goes in, takes the tabernacle down, covers all the the uh, ark of the covenant, the uh, altar of show, uh, the altar of incense, the table of showbread, and the candlestick, and the laver and the brazen altar. They cover these up, and there's a certain way that God wants these covered, and certain type of cloth, and and in certain layers, and. They cover all this up, put the stabs in it, and then uh, the children of Kohath comes in 
and they bear this on their shoulders. And they, this is a charge of them to keep the tabernacle. They are to make sure that everything is, is in, in working order and everything's in, in good repair and, and there's no holes or no worn places in nothing and everything uh, is the way that it's supposed to be set up just exactly the way that the Lord has uh, told them to set it up. Listen, children. We, God has got a certain way that he wants us as children of God to lead our lives. And I am, I'm sorry to say that a lot of us have gotten completely, completely away from the instructions. We have gotten to the point of where that we just live any way that we want to. And we, we think that we can do anything we want to and, and the Lord, the Lord has changed His thoughts and ways of doing things. It's not, it's not as strict as it was back in the old days. It is as strict as it was. The, the rules have not changed. Man has tried to change God's word. He has tried to change uh, the way that we worship the Lord to to fit into their way of thinking and not God's way of thinking. We still have to be lived by the word of God. We still have, it doesn't matter whether or not you read the word of God. It doesn't matter uh, if you're the only time that you ever hear the word of God read is when you're in church. You're still going to be responsible for living just exactly the way that the Lord says in this book. The, the Levites Aaron and all of his sons, they God set down laws that they had to follow, and they had to follow those laws, even though it might have been eight or ten generations away from Aaron, they still had to live and do the same things that Aaron did. And it was a very strict law. And the Bible tells them, he said, you're either going to do it this way or you're going to die. He told, he told Aaron and his other sons, he said, now this is what you're going to do. You're not going to burn strange fire in, or strange incense in your censers, strange fire. And they got the, got the, the censers and they put uh, fire, strange fire in it and the Lord consumed them with fire. Listen, let me tell you something. One of these days, if you do not, live by the rules and you do not live just exactly the way that God says, one of these days you are going to have to go through the fire. You're going to have you're going to have to live in the fire. You're going to be in that fire forever and you're not going to be able to get out of it. We have we've have tiptoed around the uh, this stuff long enough and we have heaped us up teachers with itching ears that'll tell us that however we want to live, we can live that way. And we have got completely away from God and we think that we're all right and we're going to heaven. And I'm afraid that when the, when the Lord comes back after his people, we're going to be sadly mistaken. There's going to be a lot of us that thinks that we're, we're on the highway to heaven. It's going to find out that we're on the highway to hell and running wide open because we have just, we have got totally gotten away from the word of God have gotten away from 
the way that the Lord wants us to live. And we figured, well, you know, this is different times and it's a different way to live and there's different things going on and, and the Lord has changed. And um, since the world has changed, the Lord has changed. So we, you know, it's not as strict as it was before and we can do all this stuff and get away with it. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but my Bible don't tell me that. Listen, God has put it up on me to be just point blank about this stuff, about his word and about how we're supposed to live and everything. And, you know, you have the choice. You can either listen to me or you can, you can, you can turn it off and don't listen to me anymore. That's fine. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm not going, I'm not going to tell you that you can do whatever you want to. And it's all right just to get listeners. I'm, I'm on here. I've got a job to do that God has given me to do to tell the word of God exactly like it's supposed to be told and not to beat around the bush and pat you on the back and tell you you're all right. You can do whatever you want to and you're going to go to heaven. It ain't going to happen here. I'm going to tell you just exactly the way it is and the way that the Word of God says it. And if the Word of God says it's an sin to him and it's an abomination to him, I'm going to tell you that it is, and you should stay away from it if you want to go to heaven. You will stay away from it if you want to go to heaven. It's that plain. And that's the way that it's going to be. And that's what Jesus is telling Aaron and all these people that's in the wilderness right now. He's telling the whole, all the, all the uh, tribe of Israel, all the tribes of Israel and Aaron and the tribes of Levi. He's telling them, and this is the way it's going to be or you're going to die. It's point blank to the point finished. And it's the same way today. If you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to live for God, you're going to have to get into God's word and you're going to have to find out just exactly how you're supposed to live and you're going to have to follow instructions or you're not going to make it into heaven. And Aaron and his sons were in charge of the sanctuary, in charge of the altar and, and all this stuff. And there was no stranger that could come into the tabernacle. They couldn't even come nigh to it. Aaron, the priest, and Aaron and Moses was the only ones that were allowed into the tabernacle. Everybody else has gotten so out there that, you know, it used to be called the um, tabernacle of the congregation. And now it's a tabernacle of witness because it is a witness against the people. It's your, it's your tabernacle your body, your soul, your mind, and your heart, is it, a, it is a tabernacle of witness for you or a witness against you. You know, we need, we need to do some check, spiritual checkup. We, you know, I have to go to, doc, to the doctor every, every six months for checkup, uh, different things. But, you know, we, we need to have a, a, prob, a daily, we need to have a daily spiritual checkup, find out just exactly where we stand. And let me tell you something. The more checking up I do, the more that I find out that I'm, I'm really coming up short and I'm having to do, I'm having to ask God to forgive me for a lot of things and, and to help me with a lot of things. And, you know, it, it, it gets to the point sometimes of where that 
I feel like that I am the most unworthy person to be called a child of God. But you know, the Lord lets me know that I, that I am a child of God and then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not going to understand it all, but I'm going to tell you just exactly what I understand and what the Lord gives me the way the Lord gives me. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Because it's time that we we get back to the we find the old past. We get back to that old time religion. We get back to that time when we were praising God and 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 worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we need to get back in that path and we need to follow it. Or I'm afraid we're going to be left behind. We're going to, we're going to be in danger of hell fire. In verse number eight, and the Lord spake unto Aaron, Behold, also I have given thee the charge of mine heave offerings of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel, and to thee have I given them by reason of the anointing, and to thy sons by an ordinance forever. This shall be thine of the most holy things, reserved from the fire, every oblation of theirs, every meat offering of theirs, and every sin offering of theirs, and every trespass offering of theirs, which they shall render unto me, shall be most holy for thee and for thy sons. In the most holy place shalt thou eat it, every male shall eat it, it shall be holy unto thee. He's talking about the offerings that are offered up on the, the brazen altar. Unless it's, it's a, it is a burnt offering, it, uh, the meat is, uh, basically is, goes to, uh, Aaron and his sons for their nourishments. And, uh, you know, the Lord, I've been thinking about this, you know, in these offerings, a lot of these offerings, it, it is, not actually the meat that the Lord is concerned with, but it is the actions of the heave offering or the wave offering, and it is the blood. The blood is the one, the, the most important thing of these, off, these offerings and sacrifices is the blood. The blood is what covers up the sins. The blood of these animals is what, rolls back the the uh, sin or covers up the sins for for a year. They take this blood, uh, Aaron takes this blood and he goes into the most holy place and he sprinkles this blood on the mercy seat once a year. This this rolls back the sin or covers the sins for a year. But you know, I had a savior one time that went to a cross and he hung up on that cross and his blood ran down that cross to the foot of that cross. And they stuck a spear in his side and forthwith came blood and water. And that blood and water washed my sins away and covered me in the blood. And I am, I am covered in the blood and I'm washed clean. Now then I have got to live like I am a child of the king. I've got to live like some, like I am different. I've got to live like somebody 
that has their life changed. I am not the same man. I should not be the same man. If I am, I did not get any salvation when I asked God to forgive me of my sins. If I go back to the same things I was doing before I asked God to forgive me of my sins, I didn't get anything. We are, have got to become a different person, a completely different person. We have got to do a 180 and we have got to repent of our sins and we have got to give up our sinful ways and we have got to, to live a holy life, a holy life unto the Lord and follow him and do his will. And that, that is what it is all about, is following the Lord and living for the Lord, doing his will. And didn't I not just sitting around waiting on the Lord to come back after us? We, we you know, <laughs> I'll tell you what, the more and the closer I get to the Lord and the more I study and the more I teach and everything, I'm telling you what, I, I really don't want to be sitting around when the Lord comes back because he, he might just leave me because there is a work to be done. We, there is a battle being fought. It is coming up on the last days. It's not going to be very much longer. This world's not going to last very much longer until God is going to look over his son and tell his son to go get it, go get her people. And the Lord's going to come back after those that are ready and watching and waiting and uh, looking for him to come back. He's going to come and get those people and everybody else is going to be left. So, you know, you could say, well, I, I believe I'll be all right sitting here just waiting on the Lord. I don't really have to do anything or anything like that. Well, I, you know, that's fine. That's the way you want to do it. But, you know, I like, I'm the one that likes to hedge my bet, if you will. And uh, if I figure by following the Lord and doing doing some of the things that the Lord wants me to do, I've got a better chance that when he comes back, he's going he's gonna to take me with him. But let me tell you, I hate I hate the thoughts of anybody. I don't care who you are. I, I hate the thoughts of anybody leaving this world without Christ. Because there, when you leave this world without Christ, there is a hell waiting upon you. There is a place that's burning fire that is waiting on you. And when death and hell gives up their dead and they stand before the great white throne judgment, and Jesus looks at you and says, depart from me, I never knew you. Then you have a lake of fire that is going to be your home forever, where it burns and never is never quenched and you never die. And you're going to be in torments, for torments, yes, torments for the rest of your life. Well, for eternity. It's not a life, it's a death. But you're going to be a lot. You're going to be able to feel the the flames. You're going to be able to feel the heat. You're going to you're going to be able to see things that you uh, that you saw in this in this lifetime. You're going to be able to hear people uh, give altar calls that you have just sit and and ignored or made fun of. You're going to, you're going to hear those preachers that have preached messages. And you have made fun of it and ignored. You're going to hear those teachers teach those messages that you have ignored and made fun of. You're going to hear those. 
You're going to see people standing with their arms outstretched, ask, begging you to come and give your heart and life to God. That's some of the torments that you're going to be in. Never, ever to be able to change your life. That, that's As a tree falleth, so shall it lie. You leave this world a sinner, you're going to hell. I don't care how many people you have with dish rags and sheets or whatever, trying to wave them, trying to teach you, preach yourself, your soul out of hell. It ain't going to happen. If you die a sinner, you're going to hell. And it's that plain. And it, it is, it's a frightful thought to think that on one side of the coin, you've got heaven. It's perfect. There's no, there's no, no sickness, no pains, no death, no departing, nothing like that. Everything is perfect. You're going to be, you're going to live in perfect harmony. There's not going to be any riots or shootings, senseless shootings or anything like that. Everything is going to be happiness. Everything is going to be peace. Everything is going to be contentment. And you're going to have a mansion a mansion to live in with your name on it for eternity, for eternity. And on the other side of that coin is hell. It's, it's like life and death. Life is you're living in heaven. You're, li- you're living, it, uh, living it up. You're having a good time. You're, you're happy and, and no sickness or anything like that. And on the other hand, you're, you're dying. You die and die and yet never die. You're burning in these flames and you're in these torments. So which which one? Would you rather run into a burning house and burn up or would you rather live in a house where everything was perfect? That's a no-brainer. But yet every day people are choosing to live for Satan and are dying and going to hell they're running into that burning building, but they're not, they're not going to be burned up. They're going to be in it forever. So, you know, we need to make a choice and we need, we need to figure out. We don't, you know, ministers and, and teachers and people, they, they, we don't preach hell like it used to be. We don't preach heaven like it used to be. We want to talk about all the, the blessings of God here on this earth we don't want to. We don't want to talk about all the things that goes wrong in life on this earth. We don't want to talk about those things. All we want to hear about is the positive things of Jesus. Well, let me tell you something. It's not a. It's not a bed of roses, and it's not a walk in the park living a Christian life. It's not. But the thing about it is, is it's a lot easier to live for the Lord than it is to live in sin. For the simple fact that Christ is walking with you, he's supplying your every need, he's giving you everything you need to make it in this life, all we have to do is trust him, follow him, listen to him, and do his will. The children of Israel got in trouble every time they turned around because they they murmured against God they murmured against Aaron, and they murmured against uh, Moses, and they was complaining and griping all the time about this and that and the other. And the Lord got tired; God got tired of it. And you know, he he punished them a lot of time. He killed a lot of people. And the 
one time when he when he killed a, a bunch of them that had went up against Aaron and Moses, he and the Lord took them out. The very next day, they, the children of Israel went up to Aaron and Moses and started again. Same way we do. Everything that happens in our life is God's fault. The first thing, the first person we want to blame when things goes wrong in our life is God. It's his fault. He's the one that brought this up on me. And I've told you all before. If you will sit down and you will you will listen and you will look at the things that's going on in your life, you'll find out that 75 or 80% of the things that's going on in your life is your own fault. I am my my I am my worst enemy because I cause myself more pain and more heartache than Satan ever even thought about. You know, he's you know, Satan has got a has got a very good job because all he can do is tempt us with things. But a lot of times all he has to sit and do is just sit back and watch us because we we make our we make our own uh trials and our own tribulations just because of our thoughts and and our complaining and our griping about everything to be thought of. Be happy, be content with what you have. You don't like your job. You don't like the people you're working with. Just ask God to move in it. Give you that peace that you need to, where that you can work with those people and you can uh, do your job and enjoy it. And God will, God will grant it to you. I'll guarantee it because he has me. Let me tell you something. There's nothing impossible with God. God has put you in the place that you there's not there's no coincidences in this life. God has got you where he wants you or Satan has got you where he wants you and that's the reason why that you're in the shape that you're in one of the two. And either way, either side of the coin there, then we've got we put ourselves in the mix and our complaining and our griping and everything and I tell you what, we can get into a miserable mess sometimes just because that we think that life ought to be different from what it is. But you know what? The Lord gives us just exactly what he can trust us with. I have just exactly what I have because God can only trust me with that. Do I want any more? Sure, I'm human. You know, I would like to have a lot of things. But the thing about it is, is, is those things that I think that I would like to have, I tell God I'd like to have this. But if that is going to come between me and you, I don't want it. And I don't really. I really don't. I, even though I, I would really like to have some of the stuff that I have asked God for, I, I would really enjoy it. I didn't get it, and I thank God for it because probably if I had of it, it would have come between me and him, and I don't want that. I don't want nothing to stand between me and my Savior. I don't want nothing to stand between me and heaven. I don't care if it's my wife, my my children, my grandchildren. It doesn't matter. Pastor, the church, I don't care. It's not going to stand between me and, and me and heaven because that's that's the one thing in my life that means the most to me is is heaven and my Savior. 
and worshiping him and doing for him. It's not, it's not a pretty life. It's not, a, it's not something that, uh, you know, that's brought up in the news every night or anything like that, but it's a wonderful life if you're living it. It's, it's one, I mean, if you're really living a Christian life, you're in the center of God's will. If you're over in the land of Canaan, that land flowing with milk and honey, to where God can use you and you, and you have turned everything over to the Lord and you said, Lord, here it is. You use it for your glory and you tell me what I want to do and, or what I need to do. And when he tells you what you need to do, you do it and you're living in that place. It don't get no better. Life does not get better than that. Even some of the children of Israel, we go on and we study more about them if the Lord leads that way. We will figure out that some of them uh, chose not to go over into the promised land. They chose not to. They chose to stay on this side of Jordan. They didn't want to go over into the promised land. But, you know, that's fine. If it's not, I'm not saying that if you don't get into that place where that the Lord, to where you're really in the center of God's will, that uh, you're not going to go to heaven, I'm not saying that. I'm not your judge. That's between you and God. That's where the Bible says tells us to work out our own soul salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you know, that's the one thing that we need to work out. I'm not your judge. I don't want to judge you. But God will one of these days. So we need to live our life to where that when we stand before God and give an account for everything that we've done in this life, whether it's good or whether it's bad, we're going to give an account for it. I want the biggest part of mine to come out to be good. And, you know, everything in our life is going to be tried by fire one day. And those things that are that we did in uh, did in self, or we did to make ourselves look good, or or uh, we we just did it for some other reason other than the glory of God. It's not going to last. It's it's not going to hold up in the fire. But those things that do hold up will will shine when we come through the fire. And you know we need a little fire here on this earth. We need a revival. I mean, worldwide reviving. And children of God, it needs to start with each one of us. I'm, t- I'm saying it needs to start with me. I need reviving. I need to get back to that place. I need to, I need to find that old path and I need to start walking in it. And I need to start living that, uh, that Christian life that God has described in his word. And that's what I need to do. And, you know, each, and I'm sure each and every one of us could, could get a lot closer to the Lord. It, cause we can never get enough of Jesus in our life. We can get, a, never get enough of his love. We can never get enough of his understanding. We can never get close enough to him. You know, the, the only way that I'm ever going to get as close to the Lord as I can ever get is when I walk up and I kneel down and I kiss his feet when I walk through them pearly gates. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's what I'm looking forward to. And that's just, that's when we can go and get as close as we can get. Is when we, when we're there, when we're there in heaven to spend eternity with him. We have. Uh, well, let me put it this way: when we've been there ten million years, we're just getting started. 
So we, we have a very, very long time to worship the Lord and to, to praise him for the, what he's done for us and live a life that, uh, we, we cannot even imagine what it's going to be like to live in heaven. But, you know, we, we get a little taste of it here upon this earth. When, when the children of Israel, listen, the reason why I said the land of milk and honey is, is not heaven is because when they went over Jordan and they got into the land of Canaan, they had to do some fighting. They had to, to take the land back from some other, um, people that was already there. They had to, they would some wars that they had to fight and, that this, you're not going to do that. When you walk into heaven, when you walk through those pearly gates, all your battles are won, all your fighting is over with, you're at rest for the rest of your life, for, for eternity. But they, they had to go in there and they had to possess the land. They had to go in and they had to take the land from, from these nations that was already in the land of Canaan. They had, they had to take it from them. So they had some battles that they had to fight. We're going to have battles in this life. If, as long as you are a child of God and you profess to be a Christian, you're going to have some battles to fight, and it's not going to get easier. It's, as a matter of fact, it's, it's going to get worse from here on. If you read the Bible, you'll find out that it just gets worse from, uh, from us from here on. It's going to get to a point one of these days before the Lord comes back after his children that we won't even be able to gather together as we do now and have the freedom to worship the Lord in churches like we do. We're going to have to hide. And if they get, and if we get caught with a, with a, a Bible other than one that they, they tell us that we're going to read, if we get caught with any other Bible but it, they're going to take our lives. They're going to put us in jail and they're going to take our lives. They're, they are going to try to crushed Christianity again. They've tried it so many times down through history. You read your Bible. They've tried it so many times. They they hung Jesus on a cross trying to get rid of it. Little did they know that at the, when they hung him on the cross, that was just the beginning of it. Little do they know when they start trying to crush Christianity again and telling us what we can preach and can't preach and and what we can teach and can't teach and what we can read and can't read, little do they know that they're just starting something all over again, starting something afresh. But it's not going to end good for them this time. It's not going to end good for them. But it is for the children of God. It is for those of us who are who are watching and waiting and looking for the Lord to come back. It's all going to be good. But uh, we're going to get into some more of this next time. But, you know, listen, just take the time, please, for five minutes, ten minutes a day. Read, pick out a, a chapter in the Bible and read it. It doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. Just read it. Just read it and think about it for a little while. If, if you, uh, you know, there's there's so many different types of references that we can read. And let let me tell you something. They some of these references and and uh, um, Schofield and Matthew Henry and some of the others I've got. 
they don't know everything about the Bible. Because you will be in a, in some place and you will get to looking up something and you will go to these references and they've left those verses out because they don't know either. So if we don't understand, that's fine. But like I said, read it. One of these days, maybe the Lord will give you the meaning for that for that point in time. You know, that's that's one thing about. God's word. I've heard so many familiar passages of scripture read and preached on over and over and over and over again, and I have not yet heard the same message twice. As many times as I've heard some of these uh, scriptures in the Bible that I like so well preached on, I have yet to hear the same message, the same message preached on the same verse the same way twice. It's always something different. uh, I can't remember now who it was, but there was one of the great scholars said one time, he said, if you could understand everything that's in God's word and you were able to write it down, there are not enough libraries and warehouses in the world to how to hold the volumes that it would take to explain everything that's in God's word. That's how deep that it gets. That's how that the Lord can take one verse of scripture and it can mean something to you and he could take the same verse of scripture to 10 other people and it mean 10 different things to those people because it is it is so deep and without the understanding of God himself without his directions and and his understand giving us the understanding of it we will never understand the bible but when we ask God to give it to us he will open it up to us as we need it. A little bit, little here and a little there, but not all at one time. I thank you all so very much for listening. I appreciate you tuning in. God has just moved in my life in the last few days in a great way, and and I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it may... We may take on some completely different route with this podcast. I don't know. I'm just following God from day to day on it. But y'all pray for me every chance you get. I'm going to be praying for you. Thank you.